So if you have something like sheetrock, if you have something like uh, water, um, I use, you know, Wonderboard, that stuff that you, that you put in your bathroom. It's like a concrete sheetrock, right? Uh -huh. So I'm thinking about something. What can I get? I was teaching a class. So I was teaching, uh, I, I was teaching, I'm not going to put names in here, but I was teaching a shooting class for, uh, for a university. And they had use of this old range. It was in the middle of nowhere, abandoned range. They had a, a, a huge berm in the back. And on top of the berm was all these trees. So I took two pieces of Wonderboard. I said, this is going to make a, a good ricochet demonstration. And I had some uh, tracer ammo, you know, you know, that we could fire it and it glows and you can kind of see where it went. Of course, it was, the tracer wasn't working that well. So what I did was I glued two pieces of that Wonderboard together and I fired it at a low angle, maybe like 15 degrees. I fired into the Wonderboard and you just heard it go, you know, you heard, you heard the shot go off. And then like a second later, you heard like it, like it hit wood. I was like, what the, it went all the way up to go almost over the berm and it hit a tree and from the tree, it bounced back and it came like rolling back on, into the, uh, range where we were all standing somebody goes there's the bullet right there you know it's like wow did they fire you after that <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't been called back since then i don't know, <laughs> what's going on, you know? but uh yeah so so but what happens is that's called a frangible substrate right so so what happens is it's a substrate that when a bullet strikes it it's going to break apart it's kind of crumbly like that right uh -huh. so what happens is the bullet strikes the frangible substrate. It starts to create uh, what they, another word for that stuff is spall, right? It's like little particles and that creates like a ramp. So the bullet might hit at a low degree, you know, a low angle, like 15 degrees. And then that, that spall creates like a ramp and the bullet just takes off at a totally different angle. So a frangible substrate does that. Um, you'll get a much higher ricochet angle than your impact angle. Uh, also, uh, sometimes sheet metal does that because it'll bend and stretch and create like a ramp going out. Um, water does that as well, right? Well, you know, what, there was a case, there was a book out years ago called Chief, and it was about uh, the old-time uh, chief of detectives, Albert Seidman. Huh? And he listed a case where someone was uh, driving along the Buki, BQE and someone was out in a boat and they shot a rifle and it hit the round hit the water and killed the woman driving. Uh, it hit her like behind the ear. Wow. And, like no one could figure out what, what the hell happened. And uh, somehow they figured out that this guy had fired a rifle from his boat and it hit the water and it struck. So there's a, uh, an example of uh, a bad example of, you know, a ricochet. Yeah, going somewhere, it was totally unintended, you know. Yeah, exactly. That's a great point, you know. So I, I think a lot of people who own uh, like a lake house, they, they had a few beers and let a few rounds go into the water saying, holy shit, I wonder where that bullet went, you know, because uh, it, it can ricochet and, and, at a much higher angle, you know. And travel pretty damn far, too, right? They can, really, depending on the firearm. It's, it's amazing, you know. It's not – a lot of this stuff isn't always predictable, you know. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this is just a picture of, see, a bullet's fired into water at a very low angle like this, you know, like maybe five degrees, 10 degrees. 
and it starts to take off at a higher angle. Water does the same thing. It creates, builds up like a the hydraulic effect, like a wave, and the bullet will take off in the air like that. Well, John, for, for those who are not cops or are not uh, don't know how ballistics is done, ballistics detectives actually fire the firearm, fire the round into a tank filled with water at a very specific angle so it doesn't ricochet. <laughs> exactly. And then they, they collect the... Um, projectile from the bottom of the tank using a very scientific thing called the stick with gum on the end. <laughs> I always thought that was so funny. How the yeah. hell did I get that damn Oh, a stick with gum on the end. Yeah. Right. But it makes sense, right? Yeah. And also the gum doesn't uh, alter the uh, rifling on the, on the round. So right, you, exactly. So, but it's, that's how it's done. When I first saw that as a rookie cop and I went up to ballistics, I was like, wow. You know, yeah. I would and you, thought, didn't, you, know. you didn't know that the guy who chews the gum to put it on that stick is a first grader. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's how he got to it. He invented the gum technique for collecting the projectile out of the tank. That's a promotion. You get to be the, right. the ballistic gum chewer, you know? <laughs> so this is like a uh, – just basically showing us, you know, uh, how a bullet would go into sand or soil and, and, and ricochet out on an angle like that. So, like you said, a hard surface like concrete, you're going to see your angle of impact is much greater. Uh, well, it can be much greater than your ricochet angle. Your ricochet angle is not going to be very much. There's a hard surface. Uh, Semi-hard surfaces, you might get a little bit more of a ricochet. And a soft surface, you're going to get a really high ricochet angle. Right? And a lot, uh, politically, um, police departments, the rounds that we use, are determined by, of course, the topology and, and the whole the, the area that where we work. For example, New York City has hard sidewalks, lots of buildings and stuff like that, and ricochet could become a huge problem, right? Yeah. So I believe that the projectiles we use are designed to mushroom, so that they don't have that huge problem with ricocheting and having the bullet kill someone on the street who it wasn't intended for. Yeah, you remember when we were, uh, that was the big debate when, when uh, about using hollow points. I think when we first got our nines, we were using round nose. Yes. Uh, right? And, and because hollow points were, were inhumane, right? Remember that, that whole argument? Right, but exactly inhumane, except they, they, they hit the person they're intended to. Right, and they don't, and they don't exit and kill Grandma. Know, Grandma Moses, who's walking down the street and her walker with her... Uh, Starbucks right. coffee, you know? Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, back then, Starbucks didn't exist. That's right. Those were the days. It was just Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, yeah. Not even in the South Bronx. Remember when I first started working in the South Bronx, everybody was like, oh, yeah, cops with donuts. I'm like, we don't even have a donut shop there. You know, there was the one by Yankee Stadium. That Remember that one on, like, 161 and River Avenue? Yep. Was it that uh, donut shop there. I think that was about it. But, uh so, so one, another thing about a ricochet mark is uh, what we want to do is determine directionality, right? Which direction was this bullet traveling? And the way to do that is to determine where did it strike first, right? So wherever it struck first, that's the direction that it's, you know, it's traveling from there and traveling out. So uh, what we're looking at here, so where, where it first strikes the surface, it's going to be a more symmetrical looking mark, you know? You're going to see this sort of uh, 
it's like a half a football, you know, like a half a, you know, we call that an elliptical shape, you know, it's uh You like, could also see that shape in a gunshot wound. Yes, exactly. Yep. Cuz I've yeah. seen I've seen gunshot wounds start out like that. Right, and that'll give you your direction to travel for the boat. Yeah. It'll get it'll it'll abrade the skin in a similar manner that it that it's putting this imprint here. And one of the things you can see also, Bill, is, is see the dark color here, right? Uh, where, where it initially strikes the surface. See the bullet has, uh, as it travels down the barrel, it's picking up soot. So the bullet's dirty while it's in flight. When it's the first surface that it strikes, we're gonna have a bullet wipe. So it's gonna wipe that soot off on the surface. You know, sometimes uh, if you see an entry through, maybe through clothing, where, uh, you know, especially a white shirt or something, and there's no bullet wipe, there's no dark margin on that bullet hole, you might start thinking, hey, maybe this bullet passed through something else first. You know, that's just, it's not a guarantee, you know, it could just be uh, something with the clothing, could it be another piece of clothing was on top of that clothing, but it's, these are things that you want to consider. You know, is, is there presence of soot around the margin of the bullet hole? Uh, but the presence of soot so usually indicates the closeness of the barrel to the uh, impact also, doesn't it? No, that's, that's something else. Yeah. So this is, yeah, this is, um, this is the soot that, that the bullet is carrying. Oh, okay. so, so you're going to have that bullet wipe, you know, 50 yards away um, versus the, uh, you know, all the nitrates and the unburnt powder and all that stuff that comes out of the barrel, it's only going to travel like a couple of feet, right, to, to give us our distance to terminate. That is, you're, you're right, that is part of it. But, uh, but, but the bullet itself uh, can carry this soot for uh, however long the flight path of the bullet is. And so it, it'll, it'll wipe onto the surface and deposit. You can see these two bullets here. This one, this is the side that's clean. This is where it's struck. And then this side's still dirty. So we have this symmetrical lead-in mark, right? Or shoulder, we might call it. And then the bullet struck there. And you can see how the rest of it's all kind of rough. And then it just departs in this direction. Same thing here. It's a very distinct uh, kind of bold lead-in mark, right? And here's the, uh, here's the bullets, right? Sometimes with wood, where the bullet strikes, if it's like a laminate type of wood, you might get a lifting phenomenon. A piece of the wood starts to lift off. And, uh, and that can also give you your initial point of impact. That gives you your direction of travel when we know where it hit first, right? So a ricochet is kind of, it's pretty much unpredictable. Now here's, here's a CSI thing for you. For people listening, we'll just describe this. I'm, we're looking at two bullets here, right? And you can see the lines on the bullets that are impressions from the rifling in the barrel. If you look at these lines, so now if you take the bullet and you stood it on its base, the bullet might be too deformed to stand on its base, but you just hold it where the nose would be pointing up. And then you look at the lines, right? We can see on this bullet here, the lines appear to be leaning to the left. Can you see that? Yeah, and then I can this see bullet that. Here, this other bullet, the lines are leaning to the right. So this bullet here, where the, when the lines are leaning to the left, it was fired from a gun with a left-hand twist. It's fired through a barrel with a left-hand twist, as this one was fired through a barrel with a right-hand twist. So those might be things that you can assess right there on the scene. Any patrol cop could do this. This is not, you know, I mean, yeah, but someone, someone might, uh, 
not being versed in this might say, oh, this is fired from the same gun, you know? Right, right. I see what you say. Right. Right. So what, like, what I, was, like I was thinking when I was taking a look at this, because the lines, if I didn't know what you just taught me about left and right handed twist, I would have been like, oh, it looks pretty damn similar. You know? Yeah, you're right. And uh, yeah, so, so that's a great point. Right. So um, we have class characteristics and we have individual characteristics. So cla class characteristics, let's think about a shoe. You got a Nike Air Jordan size 10. Right. Uh, you have a footprint at a crime scene that's, uh, you know, footwear impression that's left behind. And somebody might be able to look at the tread pattern and say, hey, this is a Nike Air Jordan or whatever. Those are class characteristics. It doesn't mean it's the Nike Air Jordan that I was wearing. Right. It just means that it's that particular make. So that's the same thing with rifling uh, direction. It's a class characteristic. So this bullet with the, that's showing us a left-hand twist falls into the class of uh, barrels that are rifled with a left-hand twist. And that, right off the bat, that can eliminate a bunch of things. So now all our guns in the police department had right-hand twists. So if this was a police-involved shooting and you find this bullet at the crime scene with a left-hand twist, say, okay, we didn't, we didn't fire this one, you know? Right. You know, that's really interesting, the class and the individual characteristics, because when you're talking about an Air Jordan sneaker, they all have the same bottom, which leaves a certain imprint. But the individual characteristics could be that you stepped on a nail or something that caused the deformity in the bottom of that uh, sneaker. And that's an, an individual characteristic. So if we had that in a footprint and you were a suspect, we could and we and we got your Air Jordans. We could say no. There's no doubt. These sneakers and he owns them. Made this imprint, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So so the class uh, the class means you know this type of sneaker, and the individual means this exact sneaker. Right. You know. Yeah. Every, so, everyone walks a certain way, and I'm sure if you yeah. look at your shoes, you wear them out a very specific way. Yeah, I know I do. That's why I don't wish I, my, my shoes look like, you know, I'm, I walk like a cripple or something, you know, <laughs> the heel and, and the right part of the heel wears first. And I'm like, wow, that's why yeah. I, only, I only wear, wear uh, sneakers now. <laughs> <laughs> I can throw them out every four or five months, you know. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's an important distinction, class versus individual. Yeah. Um, so so now. um we can actually look at the ricochet mark and determine, depending, you know, like I said, a lot of this is best case scenario, but we can look at the ricochet mark and determine was this fired from a gun with a left hand twist or fired from a gun with a, a right hand twist. So take a Colt 45 that has a left hand twist and take this as uh, very similar to our service uh, Smith and Wesson would have a right hand twist. So now once again, to determine our direction that the bullet's traveling in, we'll have a symmetrical lead-in mark. So you have like a, like a very nice rounded end to it, almost like a football, you know, or an ellipse, like an oval shape, right? right. And uh, so that's our initial point of impact. Now what happens is as the once the bullet strikes the surface, it flattens out, but it keeps twisting. 
So it creates this unique characteristic of certain ricochet marks where the mark on one side disappears and on the other side, I'm trying to, I'm just trying to do this so you could listen to what I'm saying and, and kind of understand it. And then on the other side, the mark continues. So we're looking at a, a mark right here where we can tell which way this bullet was traveling. It's traveling from left to right. As it travels down the surface, the left side of the mark starts to disappear and there's, but it continues on the right side of the mark, right? Mm -hmm. So now if I drew a line right down the middle of this, there would be more of the ricochet mark on the right than on the left. Whereas this one, if I drew a line down the middle of it, there's more of the ricochet mark on the left than there is on the right, okay? So what happens there is you get, you know, we can see our direction of travel. Here's our nice symmetrical initial point of impact, right? And then we draw this line going in the direction that the bullet was traveling right down the middle. Right. And we see more mark on the left than, mark, than there is mark on the right. That means that this was fired from a, a barrel with a left-hand twist. Because you see what happens, the bullet strikes the surface and it's turning, it's turning to the left. But when it strikes, it flattens out. So now as it turns, oops, as it turns to the left, it's going to have more surface in contact with your substrate um, because of the, on the left side, and you'll lose some on, on the right side because it's flat now. See? Same thing with turning to the right. So it strikes the surface, the bullet strikes the surface, boom, it flattens out where it struck the surface and it keeps, starts turning, it starts turning to the right, but there's less bullet there because it's flat on that side. Right. So it's same thing if it's turning to the left, it's gonna do that, you know, it's gonna be doing that. It's flat, boom, turning to the left. So now I'm gonna have more. You know something, John, <clears throat> one of the things about police work and about science and all this thing in police work you do the job that you're good at i would have sucked at this so, <laughs> so that's why i would never i would not have the patience to do this i would not have the patience to look at this and thank god for guys like you there are guys like you because i couldn't do this i just i remember detectives when they would go through the pages and pages and pages of phone records. Oh, God. And comparing, he called her and she, this number called oh. him. And, and, and I would be like, I would go nuts. Yeah. I just could not, I just would lose it. I would just, know yeah. the patience you needed to go through eight pages and, and then see what were meaningful calls at what time and who called who. And I was like, wow. That's why right. you do what you're good at, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, 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 and people that are good at it do the jobs that you're not good at. And it's, it's interesting work. So, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it, it keeps, you, keeps you focused. I had a guy, he, he teaches forensics in a classroom. And he's, you know, basically, he's a, he's a school teacher and, like, very strong scientific background. And he was always like, man, could you take me to a crime scene? Could you take me to a crime scene? I'm like... These days, I, I really don't get a lot of crime scenes, you know, but he knows a lot. Of, he knows a lot of stuff. 
you know, he really is a good photographer. He knows about blood spatter. He knows about this stuff because he teaches all the, and he's into it. So he's always learning and, and, you know, reading published papers and all that stuff. So I actually end up getting a crime scene uh, that, that uh, for some reason, the cops didn't want to process this scene. It's a long story, but uh, so the, the family hired somebody and I said, all right, there's, you know, everything's still there. Yeah, everything it was a big blood scene, blood all over the place, right. Throughout the whole house. And so I called this guy up. I said, hey, you want to go to a crime scene? Oh, yeah, yeah, crime scene. I said, all right, I'll come get you at 7 o'clock. Oh, that's kind of early, you know. Uh, oh. <laughs> 8 o'clock, right? Hey, dude, like, you wanted to go to a crime scene, you know. Uh, it, it gets better, right? It gets better. So now, now and, and the crime scene was about an hour and a half away. So we're there, and I'm like, here, you can take pictures, you know, because he's a good photographer, and he's taking pictures and all this stuff. And then I'm showing him how I use the scales and everything. And then he's like, He's like, yeah, well, uh, you know, my wife's going to have dinner ready at six. So when should we leave at four? I'm like, dude, you're not leaving. You're here. You're, you know, he's like, but uh, I got to be home for dinner. I said, you know how many times we had to be home for dinner? Right. You know how many times it was our birthday or it was Christmas? Really? Exactly. It doesn't matter. This is you're in a crime scene. It doesn't work like that. You know, and uh, I was waiting to go to a Super Bowl one time and a guy was murdered at the Dunkin' Donuts on 145th Street. Uh <laughs> You know, in, in the three two, and I was like, I guess I'm not going to that Super Bowl party that I was supposed to go to. Yeah, I know. So never plan anything. That's how. So when you were talking about the science of this, um, when I when people ask me what it was the best um, cop TV show you ever saw, and to me, hands down was The Wire. And uh, there was this one scene that I thought, how brilliant that they thought of this. And I forget the character's name, but he was in prison. And a guy comes up behind him and he strangles him, right? And then he puts him, uh, he takes off the guy's belt and he puts it around his neck and hangs it from a doorknob, right? So scientifically, they proved that he couldn't have hung himself because there was no bruising. And dead bodies don't bruise. So he was killed before uh, he was, I thought that was brilliant, you know? Yeah, yeah. He was strangled another way because had he killed himself the way it was staged, there would have been bruising on his neck. Right, like a ligature. So the pathologist knew, wait a minute, there's no bruising. How odd is that? Yeah. This didn't kill him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, that was great, you know? Yeah, that's cool stuff, man. Also, like the ligature for a... Uh... You know, let me see. Here. So the, the ligature for for uh, a strangulation is usually like parallel to the floor, right? Like it's straight back. Whereas a hanging, it's like a V. It, goes it makes up. a V mark. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so, so we're talking about Epstein now, or what? <laughs> <laughs> no, we weren't even going there because that's a whole other show. That's yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so now if you look at these, right, um, right, right now, knowing what you know, we have three, three of these marks, right? Mm-hmm. So if you look at this one, you can say, okay, this bullet's traveling this way. It's fired from a barrel with a left-hand twist because there's more, there's more mark on the left than there is on the right. Right. Same with this one. And this one was fired from a barrel with a right-hand twist. You know, so it, it's stuff, I'll tell you, 
it's it's interesting. Uh, I like testifying because you get to explain this stuff to a jury, you know. And and I always get and also the attorneys are not experts at this. No, no, so they're not. Really. Baffle them too, right? Yeah, yeah. And 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 a lot of them uh, they'll make a point out of the fact like you're not a scientist. You're not a scientist, you know. Right. Say, yeah, no, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm basically a cop that learned a lot of stuff. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm not claiming to be a scientist. And, and I'll tell them, and I'm going to teach everybody all I, all I have more than you have is knowing what to look for. Right. And once I see it, I can explain to you exactly what I'm seeing, and you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. And, right. it, and it's that simple. I, I had uh, my college class in a three-hour class, I had them reconstructing bloodstain impact patterns and reconstructing uh, bullet uh, impact angles just based on measurements and stuff like that. It's really, you know, I mean, there's sometimes there's trigonometry in there, but to be able to walk into a crime scene, like you said, experience is the best teacher, being able to see the evidence, right? First, you gotta, you gotta know what you're looking for. And then when you find it, you gotta know what it means, right? Yeah. So, uh, and if you don't know what it means, you gotta know who does know what it means, you know? Or maybe it doesn't mean anything. Sometimes, you know, we'll look at a couple other things. But, uh, but there's really very few people who can't be trained how to do this, you know? Uh, so we're looking at a few more of these. You can tell right here is a right hand twist, right hand twist, left hand twist, left hand twist, you know? So it, it, once you once you know what it what it's all about, and these simple, very simple characteristics to look for, you right. can really do it. You know. So um, let's see. Sometimes the ricochet mark looks like a V, right? And where's the bullet? Where did the bullet strike at the beginning of the V? Right. So a bullet struck over here. There's a point of impact, and you have this V shape that gives us our directionality. Same right. thing here. A lot of times what happens where the bullet initially strikes the surface, uh, especially because what happens, one of the most consistent substrates uh, for finding bullet ricochet marks and bullet impact marks at crime scenes is cars, automotive sheet metal right. and right. glass, right? Because all, a lot of times these happen in the street. So, right, how many times have you seen a car with bullet hole. Okay, here's a car with bullet holes. You know, I mean, the problem is your evidence. Could well, get... that, that's the good, uh, a good question. How long can you own a car in East Harlem without a bullet hole? Be <laughs> without getting a bullet hole in it? Yeah, I tell you, PSA seven. We used to have, uh, we used to have bullet holes in in the RMPs with like no paperwork on it. You know, like you go yeah. up to a job, you come down, there's a bullet hole in the car. You know, hey, boss. Fuck you! I didn't see that. You didn't yeah, see it. Yeah. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. All right. Yeah. I'm gonna really write this up, you know. Uh, right, right. Yeah. Cause what are you gonna do? You know, you're not gonna solve it. There's, yeah. there's all, you know, right. Or, the, or how about even people that, you know, they sometimes would collect uh, spent shells on a roof. Yeah. Because people like to fire their guns off the roof, and you know, let's test these spent shells to see if it comes back to anything, you know. Right. And brass catcher. Yeah. Because the phenomena is a lot of times in the hood is that people lend out guns. Right. John, I got some work to do this weekend. Can I borrow your nine? <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, no, so they yeah. found that to be true because of brass catcher. Yeah. Right, right. This, this, this gun was used in a murder in the Bronx and three weeks later was used in a murder in Queens. So yeah, someone's exactly. lending out their gun, you know. Yeah, yeah, the part might not be transient, but the gun is, you know? Yeah, 
Yeah, it's true. They've actually made like like L.A. to New York connections uh, with with the, some of the brass catches. Yeah. The yeah. man. down in the in the ballistics lab, they had like a like a, like a pin map kind of thing of, of uh, you know different guns, and you're like, wow, that same that same gun was here, here, and here. It's pretty amazing, you know. Yeah, like you well, said. you know, for our listeners that aren't uh, in the police business or in forensic science, brass catcher is is a um, it's basically a, a microscope or a microscope program that reads the tool marks on the side of a, a casing and determines uh, the firearm that it was fired from. Basically, yeah. was that as correct as a as a non-professional? Yeah, say? definitely. <laughs> I think it's all IBIS now. I don't know if brass catcher. There, there were certain. There were different. Uh, I, I think it's all IBIS, right? Integrated. Uh, Ballistic, ballistic identification, identification system. system. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I think Brass Catcher was one of the first programs to uh, to to really pin this down. I, I remember, like, I think IBIS was FBI. Like most of these things, like uh, you know, the fingerprint automated fingerprint identification system, right. Aphis, yeah.